Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the three cast. I'm your host, Matt Weber. I'm joined by Vincent Hoy and Ricky Williams. We're all here on time what? at the what beginning. Up? What up, boys? What up, what up? <laughs> Crazy. So uh, this is the three cast. <laughs> we do stuff. We review things, movies, TV shows, that kind of stuff. Uh, this time we it's a movie. It's a Disney movie called what? Raya and Raya, Raya and the Last Dragon. This was yours, Ricky. So why don't you tell us what yes. we're movie about quickly? Um, so uh, Raya, I'll I'll just tell, summar, summarize from what I saw. It's um, so Raya is the daughter of a guardian of a uh, what is it? It's like a gem or is it a pearl? Um, I think it's a gem. Uh, so basically, there used to be these monsters, kind of like a plague, that was sweeping through their land. And these dragons vanquished them. And it's... Uh, Vince, am I right? It's a dragon stone or something? Well, I don't get it mixed up with all these other tropes. But yeah, like there's a, <laughs> there's a stone that kind of repels all the... Yeah. Yeah. All the all the bad things, right? So um, she's the daughter of the guardian, and he's grooming her to take over um, with martial arts and and stuff like that. Um, he invites the chiefs of all the other lands because there's separate lands named after the parts of a dragon. So there's Fang, there's Heart, there's um, Tail. I can't. Yeah. yeah. Most original names um, so, ever, by the way. Yeah, but they <laughs> don't fun. they don't get along. They they kind of are at odds. So he invites them because his dream is for them to all coexist. Um, the ones who are from Fang have this plan, and the chief from Fang, her daughter, uh, sort of makes friends with Raya, and she's a dragon nerd. They nerd out about dragons. Raya takes her to see the stone, gem, whatever. And then uh, she alerts everyone to the location. Because I guess no one knows the location of where it is. Um, And so the guardian goes there and all the other chiefs are trying to get it. He's fighting against them. And then he sees Raya and his dream is to unite them. So, you know, if he's fighting against them, it's not setting an example. So he decides to try and, um, you know, speak to them, try to appeal to to them, their senses. But instead, they all try to get the, the stone and break it. And then once it's broken, the uh, plague comes back on their land. Um, and what the plague does is it takes the life essence out of uh, humans and turns them to stone. And so there's the whole journey where Raya is searching for the last dragon and hoping that the dragon can then vanquish the plague again. And they go on this journey through each of the different lands to try and get the pieces of the gem to put it all back together. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie about trust and trusting your enemies and all that stuff, right? So, uh, can you, I mean, just quickly, um, maybe Vince, you can explain this. I thought that the, the dragon, what was her name? Sisu? Sifu. Yep. I, Sifu, I, thought she, yeah. I thought she died to make the <laughs> gem. Sifu. 
No, they, her and her brothers and sisters created the gem, and the gem was used to vanquish the the plague. All the other dragons were turned to stone. They don't die when they're turned to stone. They're just, it's sort of like Han Solo and Carbonite. Um, <laughs> they're inside. They're still alive. Yeah, it's something um, like that. So... Uh, I believe all the other dragons were, but she wasn't. So, so, she so just I, disappeared. Well, no, no, she so, was sleeping. My, my understanding of it was that she basically, her, her brothers and sisters sacrificed themselves to make the gem, and she was the one that actually did the final action to seal the, 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 into the gem to consolidate all that power. And that's why when they retrieve each new piece of the gem, right, uh, the Sisu, the, the, the dragon, uh, develops skills that her brothers and sisters had, right? Like when she starts can transform and she can fly and all that stuff, it's because she's gaining the powers of, of her brothers and sisters, right? Yeah. yeah okay. okay. All right. All right. What did you think of this movie? I think the movie tried to do a lot of stuff. I mean, like on the good side, it, it's good to see some Southeast uh, representation. I mean, like my daughter, and I told this before, uh, she's a big fan of Mulan. And, uh, you know, it, it, even though this isn't necessarily China, it's still dealing with like, you know, Asians. And it's good to see that. And I can understand that there's a, a kind of need for those people and say, countries from like Cambodia to the Philippines like I mean they, they, they it'd be good to get some good representation so I'm glad to see that that was there um I, I was also glad to see this kind of uh unifying theme uh, approach right which which is something that we often have but I, I think there were some derivative things like I mean did you feel like you should have had like Frodo or Sam just go give me the ring right or or like you know instances where it was like I found like Honestly, maybe I've just watched so many Disney Plus movies now. It's like, this is like a trust movie. I, I felt like uh, Nemo's dad should have been like, I don't trust you doing this on your own, that kind of stuff, right? <laughs> so I was like, I was like, there's some, there's like, thematically, there's some interesting themes that kind of broke down a little bit. Like, I, I think that um, there were, and I mentioned this to you guys in the, in the chat beforehand, um, having watched the movie, I think there's some serious plot holes. I mean, either that or you need to really retcon some stuff, like, can someone explain the baby, right? Like if six years ago is when everyone got turned to stone and there's devastation, right? And the parents' baby, the baby's parents were like clearly turned to stone, right? Then that baby cannot be a baby. That baby's going to be a six-year-old, right? Like, just putting that out there. Because that was something I was like, okay, so I was expecting the baby to just be like, haha, I'm just a small person. I'm just, I'm just using this as a kind of uh, a hustle, right? Like, and I got my monkey clan or whatever. No, mm. it's just like legit a baby. And who here, honestly, <laughs> did you guys not all bank on that baby just say, like, revealing that the baby's parents were dead and that the big guy would have, would have, uh, kind of, like, there's, there's a brute guy in the movie. He's like, yeah, a, yeah, a yeah, yeah. Guy. Was he going to take over the BI? Yeah, I thought that yeah. the whole time. I, I honestly thought that, like, you know, he's getting an attachment. And then it's like, nope, nope, sorry. She's got real parents. Sorry, buddy. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, they were Yeah, but then he has his own He has his own baby, too. So yeah, but, I, I but think they were more trying to say, like, because he's a big guy and he's all about killing and, and stuff, right? They're trying to show that he lost his baby and then he becomes attached to this baby. I mean, yeah, it still breaks down because story. it's like, yeah, it's like no, in the end, he's like, oh, I got my baby back and 
Yeah, but that's you exactly it, Ricky. That's a terrible like, <laughs> thing to play to kids. Like, if you lose your parents, you know what? You can find if, – if your parents lose you, they'll find another kid. And then when you go, oh, wait, you're back? Okay, so then they'll just like, yeah, dust it off. And just like, yeah, you're gonna, that's a terrible message to put up to kids, just, just for the record there. And then on top of that, you got some other questionable, like, parenting where, like, that kid that runs the restaurant boat, like, that oh, is yeah. hustle. Like, basically, this whole entire movie was, like, all the kids have a side hustle. And, like, <laughs> so, so this kid, like, jacks his parents' boat and makes it into a restaurant. And, like, I, I, I mean, I'm just thinking this through, like, you wouldn't have a little bit of reverence for your family and like, just like, yeah, I'm just running a riverboat restaurant and stuff. And and secondly, who's going to your restaurant? Like how has this kid been for the last six years able to sustain a restaurant? Right. Like it, it, it there was so many like gaps on that front. And then let's talk about the very end where I think it was a good thing that they kind of let that, um, was it Nam? Uh, what's the girl's name? The bad girl or the girl from the, uh, the Mari. Oh, I don't know. Right? Oh, there you I, go. I think it was good that she... And he only watched it last night. That's why he knows. <laughs> yeah, so, so Namari... And I watched that two times speed, so I'm just sending that out there. <laughs> yeah, but, but I think it was interesting to, to see that, like, on the uh, again, good and bad. Namari sacrificed herself and redeems herself, right, to kind of uh, make everything better. But I just felt it was really weird. Like, I was watching this with my kids, just going, okay, how do I explain to my daughter that this baby is willing to kill herself, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, that's basically what's happening. This baby mm-hmm. is, like, willingly going, okay, everyone else is killing themselves, so I'm going to go kill myself, too, for what may or may not be the greater good. Mm-hmm. That, to me, is weird because, A, if it's really a baby, the kid wouldn't have a sense of trust and understanding, like, you know, greater good, right? And the second mm-hmm. thing, what kind of kid would be like, no, let me die, right? Like, that, to me, mm-hmm. was very strange. So uh, that, that's my read on it. It was, it was, it was trying to cram a lot. And at the very end, I just – I thought that they would have made dragons more badass. I mean, it just turned out that dragons are like little salamanders. Like, I mean, not little, but like, <laughs> just, like what do they do? They're like unicorns. Like they, <laughs> Yeah, they're like – yeah. They're yeah. very um, – they're very Care Bear dragon type. For, for, <laughs> for this being a movie supposedly about dragons, there wasn't a lot of dragons. Well, dude, it was the last dragon, wasn't it? It was Rey and the last dragon, not Rey and the dragon. Yeah. Right, but- but even then, I mean, even the last dragon wasn't really. I mean, I don't know. He was there through like three quarters of the movie. Well, yeah, I know, but it wasn't. A, it just feel out like it more it should have been more about her. Like it was. It was about the gem, right? That was the. That was the was the movie as well. My my, my problem with this whole movie is that it, it it seems like they saw the 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 success of How to Train Your Dragon. Oh yeah. Uh, and said, you want to know it? Dragons are cool. Let's make a movie about dragons. Uh, I was so astonishingly bored through the first like 30 minutes of this movie. I turned away from it. Like I was doing other things. So I like, I don't even know what happened in the first like 30 minutes of this movie. And this movie is two hours long. It's 107 minutes. Okay. Yeah. So it's close to two hours And, and I don't know. Uh, Okay, so the whole redemption – you guys know how I feel about redemption, right? I mean, Darth Vader and being all that stuff, right? <laughs> I, I, I'm not a big redemption guy. So, And this movie is about redemption and forgiveness and trust and stuff like that. And it's just – I don't know. I didn't really – I didn't care for it because, uh, I mean, Namari or whatever attempts several times throughout this movie to kill Riot, right? <laughs> and 
she's supposed to forgive that shit? I mean, I understand that's the point of the movie, but if you try to kill me, I I, I, I may forgive you, but I'm not going to be your friend and trust you at the end of it, uh, end of the day because you've already betrayed my ass once. Why am I going to do it again? I mean, I understand it's a children's movie, but I mean, is that Matt, that, that's the thing that I think you saw. Yeah, but the then she actually she does get betrayed. Then she like lets loose and she's like full of rage. And I think that's good to show that like you know she gets she tries to kill like you know Namari again because she's like you 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 had the ch- chance to redeem yourself you didn't. And then it's then you know she hunts her down and it's only when she starts see when when Namari starts seeing that like oh man this is not good. Then it's her to it's on her to kind of fix things. And then um, Rhea is like fine. I, I I trust you. That that to me I thought was was kind of cool. Mm. Okay, I mean, yeah, I mean, you guys, I, mean, I you think, guys are the parents I think here, it so. was more about like because see, I think it was kind of pointing to Rhea had a, a beef with Namari and um, she didn't necessarily trust her. And the thing was, she had to look at the greater good because. No matter, she couldn't do it by herself, and she couldn't do it without Namari. And if she didn't resolve to try and do it with Namari, they're all going to turn to stone. So then at the end of the day, what's the point of that, right? And so, you know, I think it was more of a thing where you had to look at the bigger picture, and, you know, you had to take the leap of faith. Wait, okay, right. I mean, I can understand having to work with her. I can understand that because I mean, she had to, right? But I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm much too cynical for this movie. Uh, it's just <laughs> the, the message that comes. You didn't from, watch enough Disney movies growing up. <laughs> well, I mean, all right, so, but okay, fine. You know what, let, let's just push past my issues with the, the whole trust thing. I mean, I mean, whatever. I mean, that's it's, it's a redemption story. So, I mean, that's what it's supposed to be about. Uh, and, and I have conflicting feelings about those, but. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched it on two times speed and I was trying to rush through it. Uh, but <laughs> it just seemed, I mean, there were some points that were interesting, but for the most part, I just was so uninterested in the entire plot. Um, maybe it's just, maybe I'm just too old for it. And, you know, I don't have the, I don't have children to be able to empathize with to see what they'd see in this. So uh, looking at it from a, 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 an adult perspective, I just didn't, find it interesting so like for example like i i liked the first frozen but the reason why i liked the first frozen wasn't because it had a you know fantastic plot i mean it was a disney plot so i mean that's what it's supposed to be and that's basically what this is but at least with like disney and stuff like that with with with, uh frozen you had the music to go along with it right and and this one is just about the plot so me being able to be interested in it is not it wasn't as easy for me because i couldn't at least say well you know at least the music was good you know um, I mean, and the soundtrack for this is, you know, not bad, but I mean, you know, what I mean, there's not like show tunes, you know. Yeah. So, so I mean, so I mean that, that I, I think I, I've gotten so used to the few Disney movies that I like, at least the more recent ones being musicals, that yeah. the ones the ones that aren't musicals, I just get well, you're bored. You're never gonna get one of those from me. <laughs> I should have, yeah. I, I, I had no clue what this movie was about, and I should have assumed that when you picked it, it wouldn't have been a musical. But yeah. Uh, I, I, anyways, that always those, that's, that. That's just my. That was just my thought. It was, it was just kind of. It was a meh Disney movie. Um, it's definitely not one that stands out to me in terms of like, uh, the, even the, amongst the non-musical Disney movies. Uh, you know, 
which honestly there aren't as many as you'd think there are because most Disney movies, I mean, at least the older ones all had some, you know, kind of musical element to them. Uh, but this one just doesn't feel like it stands out to me to, uh, against any of those. Uh, Ricky, so what, Ricky, why did you choose this movie? What, what did you like about it? Um, okay, so I chose it. Like, I watched it with my kids, and my kids loved it. Um, you know, I like to watch movies with very strong female characters because, you know, my daughter's coming up, and I, I want her to see that and, and you know, not feel like the hero is always going to be the guy. Um, and they liked it, and... You know, I thought it's very interesting. You know, we should cover it and and see what you guys thought, especially Vince, because he always looks much deeper into, you know, the uh, racist aspects or the pop culture. Yes, because I'm a racist connoisseur. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay, undertones. (laughs) There you go. Or the pop culture references or how it translates he always sees a different side of it. And then you don't have kids. So, you know, there's your take on it. Um, I mean, I enjoyed it and my kids enjoyed it. Even um, said some things kind of didn't make sense to me. Like I also thought for sure that baby was going to be like some old woman who's <laughs> just short and looks like a baby running her hustle. Right. Like I thought that for sure. Um, you know, there's some questionable things, um, but overall, I really liked it. Um, but I find it interesting because Matt brought up something and it's like when you think of Disney, right? Like there's um, princesses like Snow White, Sleeping Beauty, um, you know, those are iconic Cinderella, like. You know, Disney used to put those movies in the vault and you couldn't find them anywhere until they released it. And then seeing movies like this that are from Disney as well, it makes you kind of wonder whether they'll have kind of the longevity and impact. Like, you know, how many years ago was Cinderella you know, created, and we're still, you know, everyone knows it to this day, and everyone, you know, knows it's a Disney feature, like, you know what I mean, like, 20 years from now, is anyone gonna think of Rhea, you know what I mean, like, how much of an impact will their newer features make? Right, like, and and what's the difference? Why they don't? If they don't, I want to chime in on this one because um, I would agree with you that uh, Disney is very cautious in its money and how it spends it. And in its early days, like obviously with like Cinderella's and Snow White being the first few, uh, they they deliberately went on tropes that they knew would be successful, knowing that there was a polarity in their audience where there'd be like little girls and then little boys, right? Uh, nowadays, there is sure this might be more seen as a girl movie, but uh, I think that there's a less polarizing audience that they're looking at in terms of like the spectrum of gender. I think that they're saying like girls can do stuff that boys can do, right? Um, and that there's this kind of there's no overt girl power message, but it's just like mm-hmm. you know it just happens to be the protagonist is a girl that can wield a sword and do some badass stuff, which I think is great. Mm-hmm. Um, you're asking about the staying power. I think that, um, you know, I, I think that if you ask anyone, can you name me some Disney princesses? Sure, there's going to be Snow White, but that's really steeped in, 
you know, grim fairy tales and stuff like the Hans Christian Andersen stuff that we see. But I, I would say that most people could still say the, the, the snow princess, whatever her name is, Elsa, right? They'd say that from Frozen because that was like a billion dollar movie. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's going to have an indelible impression. Um, but then you look back at like, I mean, it's, it's funny because if you look back at some of the other movies that Disney's kind of made, like Princess Tiana, right, from The Princess Frog, I don't know if that has done anything. Oh. Right. Exactly. Right? <laughs> exactly. Right? So, so, so like, the, there are, I think it's hit and miss nowadays, but they're trying their yeah. best to kind of really enact a lot of, not affirmative messaging, but just basically, like, you and I both have daughters too, right? Yeah. And, I would hate to think my my daughter would be like, oh no, I'm waiting for my prince to come or something like yeah, you saw exactly. right or something stuff like that. I, yeah. I think that it's like no, no, she suffers from the same things that Raya suffers from. Like it's like uh, she's got stuff to do. She she loves her family, but she's got challenges of her own. She's you know when she she tries to be good, but then like she loses it, just like my kid would. Like you know if she if she has a friend or someone that she knows that does something wrong, she gets angry, she loses it. But she also has a sense of responsibility. So I, I think that. When when push comes to shove, you know the the depth of these characters. Like, come on, let's be honest here. What is the character depth of Snow White or Cinderella? Right? It's yeah. they're victims. I hate to say it this way, but they're victims. <laughs> well, I mean, you got to remember that that Cinderella was written in the 1600s. So yeah, I yeah. Mean, obviously, the, the outlook but, on women back then was different. So, I mean, obviously, that kind of stuff has changed. But it feels mm-hmm. like Disney has. Um, it, it, it's harder to see Disney being the uh, able to make an iconic movie this uh, uh, nowadays because I mean, I mean obviously the, Frozen hasn't been that long ago but do you guys ever think that there's going to be like another Frozen style movie where uh, it, it, you know it makes a billion dollars and you know everybody's like singing the songs and stuff like that I mean it, it, I don't know why oh, it feels for like sure a, there will yes be. yes Matt, do you remember the old? I mean, this sounds terrible, but you were around the old days where <laughs> imagine, like, you remember like the days of Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Those were done by hand, right? And they always came up with a song, like a key, you know, Mencken song that really was played on the radio. They got big popular uh, musicians to sing the the radio versions of it. And that's how they really had lasting. Like, I mean, you can't think of BR, uh, like, a, you know, Beauty and the Beast. You can't think of it without BR Guest or, like, you know, um, uh, uh, A Whole New World with Aladdin, right? Like, there, there are different uh, ways that they've had the staying power, right? And I, and I would say that if you look back at, like, Beauty and the Beast, I think Beauty and the Beast was up there as one of the biggest box office, not, not the biggest, but a huge box office draw back in its day. Not not to the same likes of uh, Frozen, mm-hmm. but I think that, that Disney knows how to strike gold. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't I don't know why it feels like it, um, it, it just because I mean you guys have to be right that it is going to happen again, but 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 it's going to be through. I don't know. It's just it's just a feeling that that they're trying to be to uh, please everyone with with a lot of these movies, and plus it seems like. I like back in the nineties, like you had like three or four of them that hit. Right. But I mean, and they had several that didn't obviously succeed, but those ones that were like one right after another that hit like throughout that decade. Uh, nowadays it feels like there's one every two or three months that they try to throw at the wall and see if it, it you know, it sticks. And they're, they're all trying to be like, 
they all just feel samey to me. Like again, this is my cynicism coming through. Like they, everyone that's come out like recently, all feel like they have the same, you know, basic storyline and the same basic messages they're trying to get across and stuff. I mean, it's either trust, love, or you know, whatever mm-hmm. they're trying to get to at the at the end, and it just doesn't feel like anything. It, it it feels like they're just remakes, just with you know more uh, politically correct uh, you know characters. Yeah, you know, like, I would agree. I would agree with you, and it's like we're we're reliving, except on a streaming service side, the old days where Disney used to do the straight to video releases of like Lion King 17 and whatever, right? Yeah, like one so, and a half. Yeah, so it's so like you know that you know that Disney has the capacity to do it. But, you know, to, to go back to your point about um, staying power, I think, and this is an unpopular opinion, and maybe, you know, Ray, uh, Ricky, you can you can help me on this, but Rhea, Mulan, uh, even like, uh, remember, um, oh, I liked it, um, uh, the, the the Mexican one, um, The Day of the Dead, where... where uh, oh, Coco. Coco. So I yeah. like those movies, even though they're very ethnically centric, right? Like, they're very mm-hmm, much about mm-hmm. various cultures. But you and I yeah. both know, that there are some catchy tunes, but they are not going to be the Disney bank. My unpopular yeah. is that it's going to be a long ass time, probably not within my lifetime, that uh, those types of cultural ideas are, are going mm-hmm. to be the kind of same level as the, I hate to say it, the, the white princesses, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it, like you ask, like you ask your kid, your daughter, you ask my daughter, uh, they would say, who's your favorite princess? The only reason why my daughter says Mulan is because she yeah. sees Mulan in herself. But then you go, who else? And it'd be like all white princesses or, or like, you know, heroes, right? Yeah. And, and it's going to be a long time. Like, she will not say Princess Tiana, not because she doesn't like Princess Frog, right? Yeah. But it's just that she, it's just so many white princesses and they are able to do so much. Like, she likes Tangled, like the, the, yeah. the Rapunzel. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Because that's yep. a very affirmative action, not affirmative action, but she's a very uh, kind of affirmative in that she's got the power and agency to like hit things with a, I think it's unfortunate that she hits it with a frying pan. Like, I mean, <laughs> stay in the kitchen. Um, but she, 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 she uses like, but she's empowered. She has opinions. She has confidence. That that's the stuff that I, I think is unfortunate that we will struggle uh, for a while to see these yeah. these movie of the month kind of things like Raya and Coco and stuff where we're Disney's trying to do its bases, cover its bases, right? Um, yeah, I mean, there, what you said earlier, Vince, about the the movies of the '90s always having the like the pop culture songs being, I mean, because I mean, you may not some people may have never seen Aladdin, but they've heard a Hole in the World, like. Mm-hmm. It's possible they could speed the acceptance of these style movies up amongst, you know, white people, uh, I guess, <laughs> you know, or whatever. If they had, if they tried to take, make the, um, I mean, that's how, I mean, obviously Frozen is a, a white princess again, but, um, a, a lot of people who never see, I mean, I, like, I got into Frozen because I heard Let It Go first. Mm-hmm. Well, see, right? so, that's the thing, right? Because, Frozen's not really a white princess. She looks white, but her mother was from the natives, right? Would you but point you didn't know that the second part? Yeah, see, they, that's, and they also didn't have black people until the second movie, too. So that's the <laughs> thing that came out. And, and it was only one, okay? It was just one. <laughs> yeah. you, you can't have too many of them around. I mean, <laughs> yeah, and, and then just, right? just to your point, though, Matt, um, you know what? You're saying that, oh, maybe if we can get more people to write music that, that maybe the white folks would. Let me put a case in point. What if I told you we got Moana? The guy, Lin-Manuel Miranda, right? Like the guy writes the most popular musical in history. 
And even then, you ask people, can you tell me some songs from Moana? Uh, 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 mm? See, that's a problem. To me. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, all right. Uh, Ricky, do you need a jump? I off think it? you're welcome is probably the only one that they were. That's because the rock singing. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump off. So I'll see right, you guys on the next Can you give show. your score real quick? Oh, my score, definitely I would give it maybe a four out of five. Four to five, okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Take it easy, guys. See you later, Ricky. Okay. All right, so, Vince. I, 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 but but while, while we're still talking about the music, though, um, like th- 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 this is actually a really good point because, um, you know, in this movie, I didn't feel that it had. I don't. I don't recall if it had any singing. I don't think it did. I don't uh, maybe think there was. Um, but no. I know that you know, you know, Howard. Like I mean, the, the the same guy that does like you know lots of great soundtracks, right? That we that you and I both like, right? Uh, it was like Newton Howard, right? Yeah, Wasn't Newton it? Howard, yeah. Yeah, like that's that that's that's stuff that we would we would know, like some of the great stuff he's done. Like I mean, he's done amazing stuff for I, like my, if you ever go to my office, you'll often hear like I got the Batman soundtrack going on, right? So you know he's clearly got some good chops under his belt, right? Um, but I just felt that the music was okay. It it, it kind of pandered, but uh, yeah, I don't. It, Go ahead. I mean, maybe this is the white guy speaking in me, but it felt generic. Well, it felt Asian generic. Well, uh, yeah, I know, but I mean, it's exactly what you would have expected from a, a movie like this. And, you know, and, and it was fine, you know, like you said, but uh, it also didn't feel, at least in, in places, it felt, I don't know, it fit the movie. In places, the, mu- the music was just kind of boring. It wasn't kind of like, uh, I mean, there's good Asian, like, even instrumental music, right? I mean, there's been movies that have done Asian music really, really well. This doesn't doesn't feel like it was one of them. It was kind of I don't know, like I felt like the whole movie was kind of just meh. But it, it it's that's coming from a, a like a I don't know. It was really uh, what definitely wasn't one of the better soundtracks. But it also wasn't the worst soundtrack I've ever heard. You know, it's just somewhere in the well, middle. That's kind of where I feel bad for the guy because I don't. I don't know, like in light of the other guys, that, like the John Williams of the world, I don't know if James Newton Howard ever wins any awards. <laughs> like I feel like this guy, like he does, he's like he's like the good workhorse, like you know journeyman kind of uh, music writer. Like I don't know if he's won very many awards. Okay. So he's won Academy Awards in '92, '94, '95, '97. Oh, really? so here's the ones that he's won for the Academy Awards. These are the big ones. Uh, the the Prince. Prince of Tides, The Fugitive, Junior, One Fine Day, My Best Friend's Wedding, The Village, Michael Clayton. Wait a minute, hold the fuck on. Michael Clayton won an Academy Award. Oh, no, no, excuse me. Nominated. These are nominated. Defiance, uh, News of the World. So the ones that he won, he won a Emmy for uh, Gideon's Crossing. Mm. He won a Grammy for uh, The Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I remember that. Because I was like, hey, uh, I know the guy. <laughs> like the and guy. And he had to sh- he had to share that with Hans Zimmer, of course. Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, he won a Saturn Award for The Dark Knight, uh, which yeah. he also shared with Hans Zimmer, and he won a uh, uh, World Soundtrack Awards for I Am a Legend, Michael Clayton, which is just, I mean, whatever. The, have you ever seen the movie Michael Clayton, Vince? It's, it's so long ago, man. Wasn't that one of those like? Uh, was it one of those like uh, courtroom drama things? Like, no, no, it had um, um, George Clooney in it. Well, I mean, it was kind of about lawyers, but he was kind of like a lawyer fixer or whatever, and he's trying to uh, like a fix a 
a lawyer who's kind of gone crazy and fallen in love with like a 16 year old farm girl. Oh. It, it's about corporate America and bribing and stuff like that. It's the worst movie you'll ever watch. It's it's just atrocious. I'm surprised it won any awards, but it actually freaking it got nominated for a freaking Golden Globe. It, it's just so stupid. Uh, it, it, it's hilarious. Ricky jumps off the the podcast, and about five seconds later, we start talking about James Student Howard. Well, no, but I, I think the I think it's relevant. It's relevant to to a the movie and b to like our interest. But I, I just thought that it was interesting because the music. Um, he's a good journeyman composer, and he's mm-hmm. really good at setting the mood. But I just think that it's unfortunate that this poor dude has never won. I guess now that I know that he's won, he's won the Grammy, but I don't think he's ever won anything beyond that of, of note. I mean, at the Grammy level, right? Well, he's been like he's been nominated dozens of times, but he's only won like five or six. And all the ones like he's won, the ones that he's won like alone for, like the ones that he's won just for himself, are all from movies that were horrible. Like I Am Legend. I mean, who yeah. the hell watched that movie? I, mean, I think you made us watch it once. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> it's probably true, but God, it was. I mean, it was a, it was a bad movie. I mean, it's a Will Smith movie because, of course, it's a it's a, a, a horrible movie. I actually think I saw I Am Legend in theaters. Mm-hmm. No, I think what well, it's just fucking stupid. Char- and Charlie Wilson's War. I mean, nobody watched that movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, and uh, Michael Clayton. Nobody watched that movie. So I mean, it's like yeah, you're right. He, he gets overshadowed a lot by the the two big guys, like um Williams, uh, and, Williams and Hans Zimmer, and he's yeah. even overshadowed a little bit by um Howard Shore, the guy who did yeah. like Lord of the Rings or whatever. I mean, you get those three guys, and then oh no, 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 and you also get like Elfman, or you throw in a little sprinkle of like um uh, who's the guy that's doing a lot of stuff now? Giacchino, the guy that does all the stuff for J.J. Uh, Abrams movies, like and yeah. And, yeah. and, and what, uh, Silvestri, he does quite a yeah, few. Yeah, on Silvestri. Well, I mean, he did Back to the Future. He's a good classic guy. Anyways, right. <laughs> that, that's totally, now we're getting too tangent. <laughs> we're getting to the weeds, right? It's, but, it's but so good, back, though, I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, but coming back to, to Reyes, I think, uh, uh, you know, you know, I think in this one, the, the composer really was good at capturing the vibe of, like, a, a huge span of, I, I mean, I don't want to generalize and say that Laotian music sounds the same as Thai music as the same as like, you know, Cambodian music. But I mean, I think that's what the five different tribes were kind of pulling in. Like the spine was different from the fang in so far as, you know, diff, slight nuanced differences. Mind you, it had a very, very Thai kind of um, vibe to everything. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that was, that was in general good. But overall, my, my rating for the movie, It'd be a solid three. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think I'll go back to it again. Maybe my daughter. If my daughter was to say, like, oh, I can watch that again, I think maybe. But my, my kid's more of a Mulan fan. And, I, I yeah. you know, I think it's hard to differentiate the difference between Raya and Mulan um, for her because. Vince, you still there? Ah, <laughs> Matt, hey, you got dropped out there for a minute there, bud. Can you hear me? Yeah, can I can hear you. Can Can okay. you hear me? Yep. Sorry. I, I, God damn it. Now we got to edit. But um, I was just <laughs> gonna say, my daughter's more of a Mulan fan, and and I think that the problem with this movie is that we have in both cases a girl protagonist with a dragon sidekick that does goofy things, like a dragon goofy sidekick. Um, you know, she wields a sword. She tries to redeem some of the stuff for her her family, or specifically her father's uh, eyes, right? Um. You know, there's uh, this kind of uh, ability to save an entire country 
Um, so I, I think that there's a little bit too much in common with Mulan, and I, I yeah. and that's not that's not to sound racist or anything, but I think well, it doesn't have it, but it doesn't have the redeeming qualities of Mulan because like or not maybe maybe that's not the right word. It doesn't have the 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 it doesn't have the music of Milan, so it's harder oh, to yeah. right. Yeah. So, I mean, at least with Milan, with, with Milan, it's very, it's very, you know, I mean, you you get into it, right? It's a good story. Plus, mm-hmm. there's there's a lot of stories throughout history of 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 women pretending to be men to get into the yeah. army and stuff like that. So yeah. it, it's very historically relevant, mm-hmm. um, even if there's you know dragons and stuff like that. But I mean, it, with with Raya, it's not. I mean. It's very much more into the fantastical, uh, you know, yeah, realm, right? Yeah. Anyways, what you give it? Uh, all right. So I'm gonna be very generous and give it a two out of five. Um, it was okay. I, like I said, it was very. It was just a. It was. A, it felt like a two straight to DVD movie for me. Uh, and there were some good. Some of those that you know back in the day that were really good, but that's. It was they, none of them. There was always a reason why it, they were straight to DVD or straight to VHS or whatever. Like it's because they knew that the, that wasn't going to make it really all that great in the theaters. Now, obviously, we're in a different era now. You can't put in a theater and expect it to make a billion dollars because nobody could go to the fucking theater. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so who knows what this how this would have done in theaters if it had been able to go there and be just like a regular movie. Um, it, I think it would have been a very interesting because this, the budget for this movie was a hundred million dollars and it made 118. Um, so, okay. uh, yep. but there, but the reason why it made so little is because very few places actually was able to put it in a theater. So, um, hmm. yeah, like I said two out of five, it, it was okay, but I will probably forget this movie exists within the next few yep. months. Yep. Um, so yeah, that's mine. Uh, so, I have no idea what we're doing uh, I next. I think we're going to do the producers just because uh, Ricky's not listening now. We're going to do the producers, the one with um, uh, Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane. Um, okay. I think it's a good musical. It's like as apparently as I'm a racist connoisseur, we it's it's a it's <laughs> good themes on that front. Um, but <laughs> I'm not sure if you've seen the producers. I if, I have seen the producers, but it's been a long time, so I'm yeah. looking forward to a rewatch. Yeah. Uh, but no. a, a, every time I w- watch anything with Nathan Lane in it, I always remember the Birdcage. So it's gonna oh, be. Oh yep, yep. Oh, you know what? Maybe we should do Birdcage instead because if we don't want to, if we actually want to get Ricky to watch it, maybe Birdcage is better. Oh, it's, it's such fun. a, it's such a good movie. I love the moment where um um the Robert Williams slaps Nathan Lane's pinky. Put that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's so good. Okay, okay, uh, okay. So, so, so I'm gonna switch it. I'm gonna say instead of the musical, let's make it the Birdcage, Robin Williams, Nathan Lane, uh, young Ali McBeal, uh, yeah, Gene Hackman. Yeah, man, this is like that movie. Oh man, that that movie's before you're born, isn't it? That was yeah, like, but I, I, I watched. Oh yeah, it's, well I don't know about, but I think it was like uh, like eighty seven, eighty something. No, no. I don't know. No, I don't know. All right, we're gonna have to find this out before we go. Okay, that's the next one. Okay. He's looking it up right now. I am looking it up because I want to. I, I want to know. It's a uh, oh, ni- oh, it's it's much newer than we thought. It's ninety six. I was like eleven. I told you, like I was in the nineties, man. That's what, yeah. It, it was a long time ago, but still, oh man, such a good movie, man. Oh, we're this is gonna be fun. All right, anyway, so that's what's coming up next. If you want to get in contact with us, you can do so the the threecast show at gmail dot com. You can follow us on the on uh, Twitter at the, at the threecast. 
Uh, I'm at MTWB. Vince is VWHUI. Ricky, who was here earlier, Ricky underscore Williams one. Uh, we don't have a recording schedule. We record this whenever the hell we can get around to it. So um, uh, the birdcage is next. It'll probably happen sometime in mid-July-ish. So uh, we'll see you then. Take care.